Please welcome Akshay Nanavade on the Better Each Day podcast radio show. This is Bruce Hilliard, and it can only get better. Make a better stay in getting back in the fight all was good. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sorry again about having to reschedule. I was out for a week. It was like definitely not normal. Something was up and I don't really get sick. You know, I live a pretty healthy life. So it hit me for a good week that I was kind of out, out under the weather. So, uh, all good though. Now all good back in the fight and, uh, you know, constantly going to get stronger and stronger. So all part of the journey. What was your first thought? Did you think you were getting the, the COVID deal or? Yes. I apologize for beginning it late. I actually was just last minute finishing up a video about it. I shot a video I'm going to share on Instagram later today, just sharing some thoughts about it. But I do, I mean, I could have, I don't know whether or not I did, but I do, there's a possibility it might've been COVID. Uh, cause all a lot of the symptoms were, were that like fever, um, fatigue, headaches, a little bit of nausea earlier on, but, and, and again, that's not normal, right? So I mean, I, I don't, I eat very healthy exercise regularly. So, um, my mind was that it could potentially have been COVID, but I don't know. I mean, it wasn't bad enough that I wouldn't need to go to the hospital or anything like that, you know? So I just stayed at home, recovered and back in it today. So all good. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Did you have like respiratory problems? Uh, you know, I was feeling more fatigue, nothing like serious respiratory. Definitely feel like more, I mean, someone like me, I don't get tired walking up and down the stairs. Right. So when I was, I was like, that's something, something's up. That's definitely not normal. Uh, so I was feeling like this extra, like real fatigue, just walking around the house, which definitely was not normal, you know? So I just wanted you to, to kind of, uh, speak out on, in the context of what you do and what's going on right now. Last time I talked to you was, you know, everything seemed kind of screwed up, but we've, we've really stepped over the line in the sand now. It's, uh, it's crazy down now. You know, I mean, it is, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary time for sure. There's, I know there's a lot, lot happening in the country and in, in the world, of course, not just the country. And, um, it's natural for people, you know, the fear, uh, this is kind of what I was just talking about with some uh, um, sharing a video in terms of possibility that I might've gotten COVID. The fear brain is naturally going to take over. So when we see the threat of a pandemic, we see the threat of now the economy, you know, uh, we're seeing what happening in, in terms of what happened to George Floyd and a lot of the racial tension. So understandably people are rising up in defiance of injustice. Right. And it's, and, and it's natural also for people to be scared at the at just tension overall in the world, basically. So, yeah, I mean, and people are struggling. I've seen, I've seen people losing jobs. I've seen people uh, uh, losing, you know, I've seen people struggling with their health as a result of this. And people are getting, some people are getting hit really, really, really hard as a result of uh, the whole, the whole situation. So, I mean, it's a, it's a tense environment right now. There's no easy way to handle it. So the best we can do in any situation, especially something like this is you got to be present to the fact that the fear brain is naturally going to take over and you don't let it direct you though. Like the fear brain is going to then, you know, get kind of panic as a result, but then you have to pause and, and exercise self-awareness to say, all right, cool. This is a naturally scared. This is perhaps something to be scared, like to be worried about. So let's pay attention. Let me figure out what can I control here at any point fundamentally is asking, okay, what are the two things I can control? Ultimately, in any situation, there's two things you can control, your actions or your attitude, or both. So looking at what can we control. So I can't, I can't control, you know, whether or not uh, there's a pandemic in my, in my ha- happening. I, I can't control that, right? I can't, but where I live, I can't control how bad it is. 
What I can't control is how I respond to it. I can't control certain elements. Like I have friends whose businesses have been impacted because of, of policies affected by governments across the globe. They could do absolutely nothing about those policies, but it, it had an impact on their business, shutting down factories and stuff like that. So now we got to look at, okay, what can I control? And then asking myself with, with this, with, you know, if I can control like my actions and my attitude, then let me take the next steps proactively and constantly pivoting, like constantly looking at the situation is, it can be bad, but it's what, how we direct our mind that will shape our response to the situation. So like right now I have entrepreneur friends who, you know, some people will believe that, oh, nobody's going to buy things anymore. Economy's struggling. Everything's uh, going to hell. How's my business going to survive? Now, those are real concerns. On the other hand, we can look at things and be like, the money's not going away. The money's just shifting hands. You know, money's just moving differently than it was before. Now there are new problems to solve. People are struggling in a new way, and I'm the, I'm the right person to help solve those problems and to help serve people. So how we shape our mind determines what we then do, and then what we do will, sh- it will shape our results and our destiny. Now this is, not, this is easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. Like There's people who are going through real hell, and there's not much they can do because of this, you know, they've lost their job or uh, things like that. So it's not that the suffering is going to go away, but... Here's the thing. There was suffering before COVID. There's suffering during COVID. There's going to be suffering after COVID. It's just a different flavor of suffering. What matters is how we handle that suffering. And that's what we got to look at. What can I do? And always be looking at what can I control? What is the next? What's the, like so I can control my actions and my attitude or both? And then what's the next problem I need to solve? Like all growth is two things. Find the problem, fix the problem, find what's working and do more of it. So you want to systematically be looking for one problem at a time. And it's like a very simple way to find solutions to problems is to turn problems, turn problem statements into forward-focused questions. Like a problem statement is a door, a question, I mean, a, a problem statement is a wall, a question is a door. So saying things like, okay, I don't have money for college. That's just a, a, that's just a wall, right? Like that's a, that now I become a victim, I don't have money for college. Yeah. If I turn into a question, how can I get money for college? Are there scholarships available? Who do I have to become to be worthy of those scholarships? Now I'm looking for answers. So that doesn't, again, it doesn't mean the path to finding those solutions is easy. It will not be easy. The, the, the problems will be there. The, the, uh, the journey is going to be extremely hard, but at least you find solutions and you start slowly working towards it. So that's kind of how, you know, nothing easy about the situation. Again, there's people going through some real struggle, but one step at a time, finding those solutions, you know, that's, that's what we got to keep working on. And like you say, things are ever changing. Do you think people maybe reach a comfort point and they think, well, I'm done asking questions. I don't have to do anything else. I'm going to be okay now. I don't think that works. We're never, yeah, we're never going to be, uh, we're never going to be okay now. Right. Like I mean, I don't mean that that sounds very bleak, but what I mean by that is that no matter what, like no matter where we get, there will be some problem. Like people think that when I get that million dollars, get that car, get that uh, house, that relationship, then, you know, then life, then life will be good. And that's the fundamental flaw in the way we approach our life is the belief that happiness will happen when I get there, wherever there may be. And that just, that's not the case because what even billionaires have problems. They just have different problems. So, and again, it's not a bad thing. This is not a bleak picture because it's through navigating problems, through navigating struggles that we find new growth, that we find new awakenings. Uh, and so it's, it's, we never get to a point where it ends. Now, again, I understand that there's like, this is not to downplay the fact that right now it's, it can be really bad. People have heard of being evicted. Like that's really, really hard stuff like it's really really hard there's no doubt about that uh uh, stuff that we can't control is is being thrown onto us and that's really it's brutal you know it's absolutely brutal so but the reality is it's just 
eventually there'll be some new problem. It might be easier than when you're navigating survival. Of course, that's real, real stuff, right? But there's always going to be problems. You served in the military, correct? I did, yes, in the Marines. Yeah, and that was somewhat of the inspiration of your book and your career, basically, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge part of my life. Do you have any stories that you think are pivotal when things look bleak and and how you went about handling it? Sure. Um, so, I mean, you know, one was when I was in Iraq, you know, when you when you first got there, when I, when I first got there, I was miserable. I hated life out there. I was, it was absolutely brutal. Uh, I mean, you're in a war zone, you know. But I realized there, there was nothing like, I remember two, two months into the war, I was reading my journals. I was angry at the world, angry at the authors, angry at everything. And over there, you know, you don't have freedom. You, uh, military fights for democracy, but we don't practice democracy. Uh, when somebody tells you to do something, you go do it. And you have to do it, whether you feel, don't feel like it or not. I mean, this is, again, separate from atrocities and barring that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about missions. Like, let's say it's a stupid uh, mission I don't think we should be on, or I'm tired. You know, we've been on at patrol 24 hours a day. But you, you, you're told to go, you got to go, you know? So, uh, but I, but I, I learned to ultimately say, look, I got seven months in this place. I can choose to whine, complain, be a victim, uh, complain about my circumstances, complain about my officers, complain about the war, or I can just embrace it and I can shift my attitude and response to it. Because so ultimately four months into the war and one month of the war, my, my reality didn't really change. It was equally miserable, but my experience of that reality completely was altered. So reality is not real. It's how we engage with reality that matters. So my experience was completely altered by saying, look, I got seven months in this place. I'm going to find the best in everything and just embrace it and enjoy the journey, no matter how shitty, no matter how hard it gets. You know, so in Iraq, I learned a lot about thriving in the face of adversity and embracing the suck, as we used to say in the Marines. But even when I came back, I mean, I was diagnosed with PTSD, lost a friend in the war, was on the verge of suicide after binge drinking myself to almost death. You know, uh, I used to, I was at a point that I used to drink a liter of vodka a day. And so, uh, navigating that to coming out of the, the, the darkness there. And uh, I mean, I was literally at a point that I was about to pick up a knife and slit my own wrist. So coming out of that was, uh, taught me a lot about using, uh, the darkness, using our struggles as a tool to tool for growth and the tool to find, to find the light, if you will. And get up and get ready for the next thing to happen, I guess is what you're saying, because there always is, it's, it's unbelievable. There- there always is. And again, it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, at first I didn't, I, when I first kind of came out at that low moment, I didn't, I didn't have the awareness that I do now, but so I didn't really, and think about that. And I'm so, again, I'm not saying that, that, that that's not intended to be a bleak message for anybody listening. Like back then, you know, all I had to do was overcome that one problem and just, and really just focus on that. You know, I disassociate my self identity from my, from my thoughts, from my feelings, channel that darkness, channel the, the survivor's guilt of losing a friend into meaningful work. And that's what led to me writing my book, Fearvana and doing the work I do now with Fearvana, helping other people transcend their suffering. But once I, once I came out of that, the new problem was how do I write a book? You know, <laughs> the new problem is how do I market a book? How do I build a business? How do I grow my business? There's constantly, I mean, again, it's relatively one could argue easier than, uh, in Iraq, but in many ways, life in Iraq was simpler than building a businesses, you know? So <laughs> there's, there's always the diff- just a different kind of challenge in finding, and you learn from each one and you take those lessons with you. Well, ideally you want to be learning from each one and taking the lessons with you to apply to the next one. What is your thoughts on physical fitness in regard to mental stability? I think it's the best thing you can do for mental stability. Exercise is fun, by far the best thing you can do for mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual stability. 
Uh, it's not just me saying that. I mean, one neuroscientist calls exercise miracle growth for the brain. Another neuroscientist said that if you could put all the effects of exercise into a pill, it would be the best-selling pill of all time. You know, so it is by far the best thing you can do, and it saved my life. I mean, today I'm an ultra runner. Just a few weeks ago during the quarantine, I ran 50 miles around a cul-de-sac. So, <laughs> like a thousand laps around this cul-de-sac. So today I'm an ultra runner. Exercise saved my life from the absolute darkest corners of my own soul. And it's the best thing you can do for you neurologically, physically, mentally, hundred percent. And barring, you know, serious physical issues, almost anybody can do it. So I could not recommend that enough. That's my take on that too. Uh, one of the things I missed most when the quarantine hit was the YMCA close, but that doesn't mean I couldn't yeah. find some place to work out. So yeah, I'm basically running around in circles in a parking lot or whatever, but the, <laughs> they just opened back up. But yeah, I, I was doing uh, a couple dumbbells that I have and uh, just kind of stupid things. It was harder because it wasn't as much fun, but uh, that's no excuse. As long as there's gravity, I think you can do something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's good on you to keep at it. And I know what you mean. The gym here that I used to go to the Y as well. Awesome gym. It closed down, but it is what it is. I set up a, a, a backyard gym and now I'm back in the fight, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> It's a good advice. I, I recommend that to everyone. Well, I want to thank you for your time and uh, I hope you're feeling better and uh, I'm ready to go out and uh, paint in the, in the sun again. So. <laughs> Roger that. Yeah. And my, as my mantra is, my mantra is suffer well. So always, uh, if there's one takeaway from this is suffer well, embrace the journey and keep suffering well. So thanks for having me on the show, Bruce. Appreciate it. All right. You take care now. Take care, my friend. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. Set